program and get your uh, um, notes out, get your pen, and uh, write down um, all the incredible things I'll say today that will inspire you. <laughs> Some of you might not need a pen, whatever. But um, when you see that title, maybe that's the first time you've seen that title, you're visiting with us today, and you think, oh, no, this is one of those churches that preaches that if you've got enough faith, you're going to be rich, and you're going to drive big cars and live in big houses, and if you don't have that kind of life, and you don't have diamonds on every finger, then you really don't have faith. Um, that is not what I'm going to be preaching on today. We're going to be talking about money and how you are to use it. Money's a tool. Money is a tool, and God wants us to use money. And um, so we ask ourselves the question, why do we have to even talk about money in church? Why can't we just leave that alone? And maybe you're visiting here today and you're thinking of all Sundays to come and visit. I got to come on the Sundays talking about money. Um, this message is going to be something that I think will help you and, and bless you, and you'll be glad that you heard it today. Why do we talk about money in church? Here's the, here's the number one reason. As your pastor, if you, were to, if you were to put my job description in a, in a sentence or a phrase, what my job is, it is to lead you to be fully devoted followers of Christ. First of all, for me to be a fully devoted follower of Christ. And then to, as your pastor, strategize and pray and fast and seek God for a plan that would give you the opportunity to grow and develop as a Christian and become a fully devoted follower of Jesus. So if that's my job, that you would become fully devoted to Christ, then I have to tell you that it is impossible for you to be a fully devoted follower of Christ if you are not right in your finances in relation to God. It is impossible. You can be a person of great Bible study. You can be a person of great knowledge in the Scriptures. You can be a person of great prayer, and you can fast, and you can come to church, and you can volunteer and work your fingers to the bone. But until you get this area of money lined up with the Scriptures in your life, you will never be that fully developed Christian that I know every one of you want to be. And so that's why... We have to, talk, have to talk about this. Jesus had more to say about money than he had to say about salvation. He had more to say about money than he had to say about heaven or hell. As a matter of fact, Jesus had more to say about money and our relationship with money than he had to say about those three things combined all together. He had more to say about money than any other thing he talked about when he was here on the earth. So it's very important, our relationship with money, how we look at it, how we feel about it. One of the most famous things Jesus ever said about money is in Matthew 6, 21. If you'll turn there, Matthew 6, 21, if you have your Bible, it's also up on the screen. For where your money is, for where your treasure is, listen, listen, for where you put your money, wherever you put your money, that's where your heart will be. That's where your heart will be. This means that wherever you put your money, your attention follows. Your heart follows where you put your money. I gave this illustration last week. 
You may not even know what Microsoft is or care anything about Microsoft, the company Microsoft. You just see it when you turn your computer on and you really don't know what it is. But if you were to buy 100 shares of it, all of a sudden you would be reading about it. You would want to know how that company's doing, where your money goes, what you give your money to. That's where your heart is. That's where your heart is. That's what Jesus said. I made a covenant with you last week. I want to reiterate that covenant. And here it is, that I don't look at the books as it relates to who gives what in this church. I have no idea what you give. I have no idea what any of you gave last year to Whitley Church. I know what I gave. I know what my family gave. But that's all I know. I never look at the book. So as I preach this message, I'm not talking to any person or anybody. The other covenant I made with you concerning this series is that it is my sincere desire in this series to provide something for you rather than ask something from you. I want to provide something for you. And last week I gave you eight things that I want for you, and I would challenge you to get that message. By the way, you can go to WhitleyChurch.com now and listen to the messages for free. I just messed up our whole CD ministry right there, didn't I? You can, uh, re- you can um, sign up for our podcast, and you get all the sermons that are preached here at the church free, and you can listen to them online, and so we hope you'll do that. But those eight things are listed in the message from last week. And by the way, I say that, uh, let me not pass by by saying thank you to Anthony and thank you to Jared Grantham. Let's give them a big hand. Those guys have made our websites look good, haven't they? So what is the title, How to Be Rich? What does that mean? Again, we want to talk about how God wants us to use money. And we're going to go to the book of 1 Timothy. And we're going to see what Paul, that seasoned preacher, that seasoned man of God is telling this young preacher, this young pastor Timothy. He says, I want to talk to you, Timothy, about how to talk about money in the churches where you will be speaking. He says in uh, 1 Timothy 6, 18, he says, tell them, young man, tell them when you talk about money, tell them to use their money to do good. Use their money to do good. He said, also tell them that they should be rich in good works and should give happily to those in need, always being ready to share with others whatever God has given them. He said, and then tell them this, Timothy. Tell them that by doing this, they will be doing two things. They will be storing up real treasure for themselves in heaven And that is the only safe investment, and it is for eternity. He said, and also tell them that if they obey God with their money, that they will live a fruitful Christian life down here on earth as well. That's pretty good, isn't it? He says, tell them, teach them about money. Tell them about how God wants them to view money and think about money. And tell them that if they will follow God's leadership on that, that they will store up treasure in heaven. And i got to be honest with y'all. I have really, really been looking at that and studying that and trying to find out all that that means. And I think there's an element of mystery there. That we don't even know really what that means to be storing up treasure in heaven. But I sure do look forward to finding out, don't you? And so, so when you obey God in the area of your money, 
I don't know how heaven could be better, but evidently it's even going to be a little better for those of us who got our money life straightened out as it relates to God. And then he says that you will also be fruitful down here in this life. Because when we obey God, he uses us, he works through us, and our life accomplishes more for the kingdom of God when we walk in obedience to his word. So last week we looked at the first of God's five financial uh, funds, his investment funds. And the first one we looked at last week was his treasury fund. And we basically talked about your tithing and your giving to the church you attend and the church where you're receiving blessing and the church where you're receiving ministry. We talked about how your tithe needs to be undesignated undesignated, and how it needs to be given when you worship and where you worship. We talked about that last week. And we also talked about the fact that when you give, think of it as an act of worship. Literally, guys, hear me on this. When those fellows walk to the front and they pass the bag, when you put that offering in there, at least whisper a thank you, Jesus. I mean, just worship him. Just think about all he's done for you. Think about how he gave you 100% and all you got to give back is 10. And think about how he's made a deal with you that if you'll give that 10%, then he'll give you way back more than the 10 I mean, what a deal. And just worship him and think about how he blessed you when you were sick and how he gave you a job when you didn't have one and how he met a need and you don't even know really how it got met. It just got met. And just be thankful and worship him when you give that tithe. We learned that um, we give, we tithe, we invest into God's treasury as an act of worship. And we do it just because it makes God happy. Hey, listen, does there really need to be another reason? Does there really need to be another reason to tithe? Does there really need to be another reason to give? When I think about all the times God has moved in my life and made me happy, at least on Sunday morning I can drop in that little bit and make him happy. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. You bless him when you obey with your giving. We discovered that God doesn't want your money, doesn't need your money. Remember I told you last week that I've heard people say God's trying to get my money. If he was trying to get it, he'd just go ahead and get it because he's God. You know, he'd just reach in there and get it. He's not trying. If God was trying, he'd just do it. God doesn't want your money. Listen, listen. God doesn't need your money. Here's what God wants. He wants what your money represents. You. He wants you. He wants your heart. He wants your heart. It's you he wants. And he knows how we think about money. He knows how we view money. He knows how important money is to us. So he knows that your heart is where your money is. And he wants your heart. That's what God wants. And so he tells you that it's important that when you give, you express worship. And today we're going to talk about the fact that when we give, we want to encourage fellowship. The second one that we're going to talk about today is this. Not only does God want you to invest in his treasury fund, which deals with tithe, but God wants you to invest in his mutual fund. His mutual fund. That's the one we'll talk about today. This means that God wants you to learn to love more. God wants you to learn to love other people more. Say it under your breath right now. Help me love other people. 
I know you got somebody's face in your mind. Help me love him. Because I actually want to choke him. So help me love him. Help me love, <laughs> help me love people more. Listen, listen. And help me invest more into the lives of other believers. Last week, God was saying, love me. This week, God is saying, love other believers. Now, we're going to talk about loving those who are not believers. We'll talk about that later in this, serve, in this uh, series because it's very important. But today, we're going to talk about loving each other in the church, loving each other in the body of Christ. I want you to listen very carefully. Look what it says in Romans 12 and 10. It says, love one another. And this is a message to a church. This is Paul writing a letter to Christians. Love one another with mutual affection. So how do we do that? In a practical way, how do I invest in God's mutual fund? Here's how you do it. Last week, we talked about using some of your money to worship God. This week, we're talking about using some of your money, listen to this, to encourage others. Use some of your money to encourage others. And we're going to give you very practical ways to do that in this series or in this message today. So listen carefully. We want to give some of our money to create stronger unity. We want to give some of our money to create stronger fellowship. We want to give some of our money to create more community with other believers. We want to give some of our money to care for the needs of other believers. Bread of life is a ministry that you give into here at Whitley Church. And I believe next Sunday is the Sunday we take up the offering for Bread of Life. And every penny that you give marked for Bread of Life just goes to help people who have lost their job or people who are going through extended illnesses and they just need a little helping hand. And so when you give to Bread of Life, you're obeying what I'm preaching on today. Um, I don't know if he's here today. Is Roger Morris here today. How many of you know Roger? He comes sometimes with his tank and, and um, he has a breathing uh, a problem, a lung problem, and, and Roger's just a real sweet guy. How many of you have seen Roger? Okay, good. Roger is a wonderful person, a wonderful Christian. Uh, he thinks Charles Stanley's the best preacher he's ever heard. And uh, then he heard me, and he still thinks Charles Stanley's the best preacher he's ever heard. But anyway, uh, he's an awesome man. I love to be around Roger. I love to talk to him. He's a very loving man. Roger lives in downtown Goldsboro in the old hotel. And he's lived there for over 20 years. He has no family. He called me this week and told me that they found out he has lung cancer. He's in our family. We're his family. We're Roger's family. And sometimes Roger can't get here because people are just too busy to go by and pick him up. Well, we're going to take care of that. We're going to take care of that. And I know some of you will help. And some of you, I already see you signing up right now. And that's awesome. But we're going to go by and get Roger. And we're going to bless him and help him and encourage him. And I want to tell you why we're going to do that. Because investing in God's mutual fund means that we use our money to build relationships. And listen to this. We invest in God's mutual fund because it demonstrates Christian love to other believers, but mostly to unbelievers. 
Can I say to you this morning that they are watching us? They are watching us. They will be watching us Saturday to see if we not only preach this love, but we live it out there at the fall festival. I want you to be real attentive next Saturday to people. I want you to be kind and loving, and I want them to see the love of Jesus in us. Because can I tell you guys something? Most of the time, unbelievers aren't looking for Jesus. They're looking for another human being to just love them and show some love to them. But see, you are the only Jesus they see at the beginning. So you gotta, you got to demonstrate that. Demonstrate. Look what it says in Romans 12 and 13. It says, share what you have with God's people who are in need. Show hospitality. Look at Hebrews 10 and 24. I love this. It says, think of ways. You ever heard somebody go, well, I would do more, but I don't think the church has a program for that. Create your own program. Amen. You're a believer. You're a Christian. You're connected to God. If you feel moved to bless somebody, bless them. Bless them. And if you want to bless them through the church anonymously, you can do that. You can put a check in there made out to Whitley Church and say, I want to give that to so-and-so. I know they're in a critical need right now. And Now, remember, your tithe is undesignated, but this part you can designate. Am I making sense? You can say, I want to bless them 20 bucks or $25. I want to help them. I know they're going through a really hard time, and I'd like for you to just pass it on to them, and we'll do that for you. We'll do that for you. We don't have a problem with that. Look what it says, Hebrews 10, 24. Think of ways. He's saying, put some thought in it. Put some thought in. Can I preach real strong here this morning? Put some thought in somebody other than yourself. Amen? Now, I know that's mostly to the second crowd congregation, but I just wanted to say that this morning. Um, he's saying, think of think of, be creative and go, hey, what's our theme for this year? We kind of let that uh, die down, but what is our theme? It's not about me. That's our theme for 2008. It's not about me. That's what this verse is about. Think of ways. Think of ways that you might encourage <laughs> That you might encourage one another, another believer. I love this language. With outburst of love and good deeds. <laughs> it's kind of scary sounding, isn't it? I love you, outburst of love, you know. But, uh, but just, just that means spontaneous. That means, uh, you know, you just, you feel moved, you feel, you feel, and you're pretty Sure, I mean, you feel confident God is saying that. Just do it. Put some thought in it. Be creative. Anytime you give to God, it draws you closer to God. We talked about that last week. But when you give to other people and bless them, it draws you closer to them. Remember what Jesus said when they asked him, what is the greatest commandment? You would have thought he would have said, there is no greater commandment. They're all the same. But he didn't. He said, there is a commandment greater than all the others. Y'all remember, don't you? Because I've said this so many times. He said that the greatest commandment is to love your your God, love God with all your heart, your mind, your body, your soul, your spirit, everything that's in you. Love him with all there is in you. And then what did he say? And the second commandment is like unto it, love your neighbor as yourself. So Jesus was real clear about that. So last Sunday we talked about loving God with our money. Now we're talking about loving others. Let's look at some examples and ways that we can, we can practice this and live this out. 
Because i got to tell you something, guys. If you buy into what I'm preaching this morning and you do this, you can buckle up. You're going to have a liberty and a freedom in your life because of your generous spirit that you've never had before. And can I tell you something that's going to sound so weird to you, but you can give your way out of financial trouble. You can give your way out of financial trouble. Examples of investing in the mutual fund are this. Give money to people in your small group. We got small groups cranking here at the church, and uh, there's a big uh, training for leaders this afternoon, and then there'll be um, some other small groups opening up. Some of you are having to wait to get in a small group because we don't have enough houses, you know, locations, and we don't have enough leaders right now because we've had so many people sign up that want to get in small group. So we're, we're struggling just a little bit with getting everybody in one. But that's a great problem. I love that problem. Let's keep having that problem. Uh, we'd have a bigger problem if people didn't want to get in small groups. So when you are in a small group and one of your members in that group goes through a really, really difficult time and everybody just kind of pitches in a little bit what they can and they hand them a $100 or whatever, that's what I'm talking about here. That's what I'm talking about. If you buy a, <coughs> excuse me, a nice card and you write a note of encouragement in it and maybe you put a, a little bit of money in there. I got a card yesterday in the mail. I got to tell you, God knows when to send cards, don't he? I mean, God just knows when to move on people to send you a card and encourage you. I got a card yesterday, and I don't know, that person might be here today because they didn't sign their name and they didn't want any credit. And they said something to me that meant so much to me. And I'm going to tell you what they said, but I want you to know it is not me blowing my own horn here. But they said, Pastor, you'll never know the times that you said things that kept me from unraveling. What a compliment! What a word of encouragement to me. When You know, I go, I'm like everybody else. I go through times where I feel like, am I hitting the target? Am I helping anybody? And then you get a note that says, you'll never know the times that you have said things that kept my life from unraveling. And it just touched my heart. And there was a, some money in there, and that touched my heart too. But um, So I was very thankful for that. <laughs> so Miss Millie saw it, though, so she's going to get taken out to eat or something. Thank you, whoever did that. I don't know who you are. Thank you for that. Others of you have done that through the years. I've been here 18 years, and you know when to do it. I, you guys are listening to God. I just get a card of encouragement. And I'm not saying they all have to have money in them. I'm just saying just a word is just so awesome. If you prepare a meal for somebody or buy a meal or take a meal over to somebody who's sick or somebody who's grieving, the Bible says, go back to that verse in, in uh, where was it that I read? Was it Hebrews? Yeah, think of ways. Think of ways. Just, just get your mind off yourself so much and think of ways to encourage other people. If you open up your home for a small group, and let me just advertise right here this morning, we need some more homes for small groups. If you got a big den area and you got like a dog cage we can lock the kids up in, uh, that's an ideal situation. I'm no, just kidding. And um, if you got a big den area or a, or a home that would accommodate, you know, um, four to six families coming over, maybe you don't want to be the leader of the group, but you would be honored if your home was used. That would be great. And can I tell you that when you let us use your home for a small group location, can I tell you that God notes that? Do you hear me? God notes that. My Lord, remember that old hymn, My Lord Keeps a Record? 
He does keep a record. And when you bought that meal and when you took that meal over and when you sent that card and when you gave that little bit of money to somebody, God wrote that down. That's not insignificant to God. That's huge to God. And God writes that down. Uh, If you provide a babysitter for somebody who just needs a night out, maybe a couple, they just hadn't had a night out in a long time and you've kind of recognized that that they just need a night out, call them up and say, hey, bring the kids over. We'll take care of them. You guys just go have a night out. God takes note of that. Millie and I did that recently, and, and a couple brought over their two little children, and I went in the bedroom and locked the door. And, uh, <laughs> but Millie took care of them. I knew she would. And then when they came to pick them up, I came out and said, it was our pleasure. We're delighted uh, to serve, you know. So uh, just some ideas for you guys there. Um, Take somebody out to lunch and pay for it and just say, man, I I want to say I love you or I just want to say, you know, that that you bless my life. Some people just need to hear. See, I need to hear that card I got yesterday. Maybe I'm a weak, I don't know if I'm weak or what, but that helped me. That, that blessed me. And there are people that, that do things for us here at the church and, and do little service jobs and, and you see them running around and, you know, they're sweating and they're, they're just going. Just walk up to them and say, man, thank you for what you do so that when I come to church on Sunday morning, I can just come in and be blessed. Say it to them. Say it to them. God notes that. He takes note of that. So, uh, in closing, what... Um, <coughs> Apologize for this cough. I've got an allergy thing going on, so y'all pray for me. Why is it uh, so important to God that I give my money to encourage and help other believers? Why is it so important? Let's look at the why. Let's look at the why. And uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 12, there is a verse there that has three reasons in that one verse. Look at it. The service of giving not only, number one, helps the need... Helps the need. That's the first thing it does. If you bless somebody with a little financial gift, it helps their need. Of God's people, it also, look at the second thing it does, brings many more thanks to God. Hey, it is all about him, isn't it? And you do know that the money you gave them was his money. (laughs) That he gave you. Amen? So don't forget that. He's the source. So when you give that money, don't go, here you go, sweetheart. <laughs> you know, Give it to them and go, thank you, Lord, that you gave that so I could, amen? Amen. So first of all, helps the need. Second, it brings more praise and attention and glory to God. And thirdly, it's proof of your faith. I tell you what we need. Now, what you're hearing this morning is a presentation of the gospel, and I'll do that every Sunday morning and I'll do that at the bridge on Saturday nights, and I'll do that some during the week when I teach classes. But i got to tell you something. We have had presentations of the gospel. Uh, just, we're, we're just uh, deluged with presentations. We need demonstrations. Amen, amen? You know why so many people out there in the world have a sour attitude toward the church? Because we talk a big talk. But we don't walk it a lot of times, guys. And that's why I want Whitley Church to be different. 
I want them to go, you know, I went over there and their music was awesome and their little video thing they have and pastor sermon, I understood it and, and it helped me. But those people do it. They walk it out. That's what I want said about our church. So he says three things will happen when you bless other people in the church. It'll help their need, it'll bring glory to God, and it will show the world. Let me remind you once again, they're watching us. They're watching us. Didn't I tell you the other Sunday that there's nothing more damaging to the gospel than a church fuss, a church fight? Well, there's nothing more powerful than a church that is united in love and a church that gives each other space to fail and room to fail and mess up because I'm going to mess up and you're going to mess up and we're going to stumble along the way and we're going to make mistakes, but we give each other room to do that and we just keep on loving each other. The world is watching and they go, that's the real deal right there. And see, there are unsaved people that are going to watch how we treat Roger. They're going to watch how we treat Roger. See, because Roger talks about Whitley Church and he talks about the bridge and he tells people, that's where I go. Now, Roger's got a built-in PA system. When he talks to you, you hear him. Roger's awesome. Man of God, smart, loves the Lord, and just speaks, you know, his heart. And they're watching how we treat him. You know, Roger, you go where? Whitley Church. And you didn't get a ride this morning? You didn't get a ride Saturday night? And I know you guys would have been there for us if we'd kind of been more on top of that, but we got to do that, man. we got to take care of Roger. Amen. Amen. So... So there are the three things that happen. Let's look at uh, 2 Corinthians 9, 13, the very next verse. Many people will praise God because you obey. How about that? When you obey, people praise God. I got to tell you, we, we have really kind of gotten off kilter because we say people praise God if we can get the right kind of music and get it pumping and get people jump. And I'm all for that kind of worship. I love worshiping. We can get people to praise God if we'll have video or we can get people to praise God if we've got all this technology and we got the coolest music and the latest. I'll tell you what, look what that says right there. People will praise God when they see you obey. Many people will praise God because you obey the good news of Christ. When you obey the gospel, you say you believe. When they see you obeying the gospel, you say you believe. They will praise God. That means they will turn to God. When we walk it out, boys and girls, when we live it out and we show love, the unsaved world, the unchurched world, when they see that, they turn to God and they go, this thing must be real. Because we do more than talk, we do it. He said, and because you what? Freely share. When they see us freely share with others, with them and with others. It moves their heart. <laughs> I like what one writer said. He said, you can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. You can give without loving. I mean, when you give that offering, and we appreciate it, can I just tell y'all, all money spends. Money that was given with the wrong attitude, it works just as good 
as the money that was given with the right attitude. But if you want to be blessed, give it as an act of worship. Give it to be a blessing to others. See, you can't love without giving. When I, when I met Millie, that was my wife who was singing this morning, uh, that little solo part in the choir song. When I met her, I just fell head over heels in love I, I, and have been ever since. Nobody else in the world could have put up with what that woman had to put up with. Don't, no amens right there. I just love her. And um, when I met her and started dating her, and I, I couldn't believe she was dating me because she had always dated uh, guys older, you know, and, and, um, and, and I just felt like I wasn't even in her league. And, but I wooed her with my ways, and um, I finally got her. And i got to tell you, she ruined my budget because I fell in love with her and I wanted to buy her stuff. So I took her to restaurants I couldn't afford. And when it came around her birthday and Christmas, I bought stuff I could. I was in college, man. I bought stuff I could, hey, what about this baby? You know, that's awesome. Did you sell drugs to get that? Or, you know, I got myself, I spent some money I didn't have because you can't love. Without giving. You can't do it. If you love God, you're going to give. If you love people, you're going to give. When one believer blesses another, it causes them to love each other more, but it also causes the lost world to see it and say, there is a God. 3 John, 3 John chapter 1, verse 5. 3 John 1 and 5. When you extend hospitality to Christian brothers and sisters, even when they're strangers... You make the faith visible. Can I tell you, you guys did that last week? Most of you have never met Kim Lancaster at Heart of David. Most of you have never met Andrew Lancaster. And I told you their story. You didn't even know we were going to take this offering. I hadn't even announced it or told you to get ready. You gave over $2,000 last week. And you're to be commended for your obedience. That's what I'm talking about. You make the faith visible to the world. You, 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 listen, they're not impressed with our sermons. They're impressed with what we do. That's what gets their attention. You know what I want people to say? This is my dream, that people will say, you know that Whitley Church? That, that's that church where they're just so generous with each, each other. You know, I haven't gone out there, but I'm thinking about going out there because that's the church where, man, they take care of each other out there. They got that small group thing going on, and they got that bread of life, and they got that angel food thing. And, and I can just really tell they do that to help their people. They take care of each other out there. They, they bless people they don't even know. Man, those people over there at Whitley Church, they're the most generous people in the whole world. And I just envision this conversation of the person going, wonder why they're like that. And then the other person goes, well, I don't know. Maybe that's how God really is. Oh, I tell you, man, when we start living this, that's what people say. That's what they will say about us. I, I got to tell you, I'm just so tired of going everywhere hearing bad things about churches. Let's start living it and walking it so people will say, man, you know, I don't really like their music and, and that pastor's hard to look at and they can say whatever they want to say. 
But man, if they start talking about how we love each other, guys, if they start talking about how we love each other, it's going gonna, it's gonna to make eternal impact on the lives of people. Another reason we give is because it builds unity here at Whitley. Psalm 133 and 1, is, it says how, how good and pleasant it is for, for uh, the people of God uh, to live together in unity. There's enormous power in unity. There's enormous power in unity. They're watching us to see if we get along, to see if we love each other. I love what one writer said. Maybe you've heard this before. Snowflakes are frail, but if enough of them stick together, they can stop traffic. And you might not be able to do anything by yourself, and I might not be able to do a whole lot by myself, but when we come together in love, we can accomplish incredible, amazing things. Let me give you a couple of examples, and and I'm done. Patricia Davis is our coffee girl out here. Y'all know Patricia and Ken? They do the coffee and uh, she, uh, she makes coffee. You know, she makes a pot for me. Y'all know about that, don't you? Real man coffee. Not this coffee, but real. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And uh, she's sweet and she's a servant and a giver. She's always just doing stuff, wants to bless people, help people. They got in a wreck uh, last Friday, I believe it was. Not this past, but Friday before. And uh, is that when Hannah was coming in and all that stuff? Anyway, when they got in that wreck, Pastor Andy got a call from their small group that they had been in a wreck. Their small group was contacted immediately, and their small group swarmed to them and went over to their house and got batten down the hatches for the storm coming in, got everything fixed up and, and uh, you know, and, and took care of everything and food and just loved on them. And Pastor Andy said, man, I was like, I was there for like 10, 15 minutes, and they went, will you please leave? We got it. That's the body. That's the body of Christ. When you begin to serve one another, and it isn't, it isn't, and, and look, we don't mind being called. We love to be called. We love to minister to you. But I'm going to tell you, we become a powerful, powerful church when we begin to minister to each other, and it isn't just the staff or the paid people reaching out in ministry. Amen, amen. Um, I got a call this week. I'm going to tell this story, and then I'm done. But... Um, And the person who did what I'm about to tell may be here this morning. If you are, God bless you. Um, A lady called the office this week, this week now, before this sermon. And she said, Pastor, uh, you do not know me. And she told me her name. She said, my husband and I, um, we have our own business. And I I didn't get all the details, but from what I gathered, it was was like a fix-it business. And they... They uh, would just, you know, roofing and whatever. But on this day, she said, we were digging a ditch. They were probably laying some uh, plumbing pipe or something like that. We were di- she said, and the bottom fell out. It was raining. She said, and I saw this lady coming with two raincoats. And she went, she, he said, she said, she said, this lady ran up to us and said, 
I went to Niagara Falls and got these raincoats. That's a long trip to get raincoats just to help two people, but we appreciate it. And she said, I want to give them to you, and I want you to have them. And I don't want you to know my name. And then she gave them a little card from Whitley Church called an Act of Random Kindness card. We got those cards. And she gave them that card, and she said, God bless you. And she disappeared like the Lone Ranger. And um, here's what tops this story off. She said, Pastor, we had just given our heart to the Lord the week before. She said, my husband and I have been running from God, and we just gave our heart to Jesus the week before. And for this to happen, she said, I cannot tell you the encouragement that was for somebody to just love on us who didn't know us and didn't want any recognition and gave us these Niagara Falls raincoats. How cool is that? That is what I'm talking about. Get you some of those ARC cards. They're at the information desk. And, and pull up to the Bojangles window and pay for the person's stuff behind you. And tell the lady... Say, give them this card. Now, if it's a van full of painters, ask them how much the car behind them is. <laughs> but get you some of the art cards and then do what Hebrews, I believe it was 1025 says, think of ways to do acts of random kindness. Listen to me. God will pour into your life. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Awesome. Beautiful. God bless you. They called and talked about what you did. Wonderful. Wonderful. That's exactly what I'm talking about. See that? See that situation? See that need? See, if we're not always thinking about us, we'll see stuff. But boy, if it's all about us, we don't see anybody's need but... See, God pours into your life. God pours into your life when you give away. Give away. Father, help us not just present the gospel, but help us demonstrate it. Help us demonstrate the gospel. People... People are, they're just not that impressed with our presentations. They want to see us walk it out. They want to see us live it. Maybe there's somebody here today who doesn't even know you. Maybe there's somebody here today who's been running from you. And we just ask you that right now they would say, I'm not running anymore. Today's my day. Jesus, come into my life. I've been offering excuses for why I won't give you my life, but not today. Today I want you to come in my heart and come into my life. I got this little throne in my heart, and it's your throne, God. I've had other things sitting on that throne that I've worshipped, but not today. Today I dethrone all those things, and I ask you, God, to take your place on the throne of my heart and become my king, my ruler, my savior, my lord, my master. No more running, no more excuses. I give my heart to Jesus today. Would you just say that right now to him?
Just say, I give you my heart, Jesus. Take my heart. Take my life. I don't know what to do, really, after this. And I don't really know much about the Bible and stuff. But I'm just going to keep coming to church. And I'm going to keep learning about you. But today, you can have my heart. Just forgive my sins and, and come in me. I give you my life. With every head bowed and every eye closed. If you said that today, if you said that to Jesus today, would you just put your hand up and write back down real quick? God bless you. Bless you. God bless you. Father, we thank you. We want to be known. I don't care if they go. I don't know the name of that church, but man, they're generous. I don't know that pastor's name real well. I, I don't really know who he is, but man, they sure do love people and they sure help each other. And I tell you, that church is just different. God, let us be known by our love. Let us be known by our love, Jesus. I pray it in Christ's name. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you. Thanks for coming today.